If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp and you can join the fun. This episode of Switchcraft, however, is brought to you by Dirk Hayes. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Switchcraft episode 181 is also brought to you by Audible. Get a free book and directly support the show by checking out Audible. They have thousands of books from every genre. You're definitely going to find something you like. Just head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash audible. So we've already kind of talked about this. Recently, Nintendo had an investors briefing where they, you know, got up in front of their investors and talked about what was going on. And then they had a Q&A afterwards. And now the Q&A has an official translation. And, you know, we've talked about some of the stuff that they said, but that wasn't an official translation before. Uh, and you never really know exactly what the meaning of the words were. Uh, when it gets translated from Japanese to English, because the languages are so different. So Nintendo now has released uh, their summary uh, of the Q&A in English, and I want to take a look at a few parts of it. Uh, the first thing that uh, I want to talk about is uh, this first question, I mean. Uh, the question was, Director Furukawa, as the new president of Nintendo, which of your role roles do you consider will be most important also uh what issues are you currently looking at and what and which ones do you want to actively tackle uh then uh mr furukawa uh answered and i'm not going to read his whole answer but i will focus on a part that i thought was really interesting he said uh issues my highest priority task right now is to accelerate the momentum behind nintendo switch and expand the business other issues include the question of how to expand our smart device business and whether we can nudge the scale of that business into a larger portion of our overall business. Uh, I am looking at the topic of the yet-to-be-realized theme park and movie projects that are part of our strategy of expanding the number of people who have access to Nintendo intellectual property and how we can lay down new pathways that positively enhance our dedicated video game platform business. All right, so when I look at an answer like that, um, well, first off, uh, one of the things that he said last, or, well, not last time, uh, one of the things that we got translated uh, from Mr. Furukawa was that he really was going to be focusing on the mobile business and I really like that when I read this, he like the first thing that he says is his highest priority task is to accelerate the momentum behind Nintendo Switch and expand the business. I think that's fantastic. You know, his secondary uh, focus is on mobile, and I feel like that's a much better way for Nintendo to handle this. Uh, I want them to focus on the dedicated system first and, you know, their, you know, the mobile stuff 
second. So I think that that overall is uh, really good. Uh, then Kimishima jumped in and he kind of answered the question a little bit too. Uh, he said, um, at its core, the Nintendo business revolves around creating new and innovative content. Uh, so that is where we must invest the most. We want to keep consumers engaged and with technology advancing at such a tremendous pace, we will want to consider investing in parties that have technologies we feel are a good match for Nintendo Switch, if we can find them. I cannot provide any details at this time, but we are looking at all kinds of possibilities and will continue to do so. So it looks like, um, you know, Nintendo's partnership with uh, DNA and their new partnership with Psy uh, Games or CY Games. I'm not sure how you're supposed to say that. Um, I, I feel like that's the kind of thing that Nintendo is going to be doing more of in the future. They're going to start finding other uh, companies that are doing something really, really good and using them to help Nintendo achieve their goal of um, accelerating the momentum behind the Nintendo Switch. I think that's a really good plan. And one thing that I think that they could do, and I've talked about this before, I'm just going to mention it and move on, is you know if they're looking for companies that are doing things really, really well, then one of those companies that is doing things really well is Discord. And Nintendo would be really really smart if they called up discord and said look we want you to put uh, make a version of discord on the nintendo switch uh so that we don't have to deal with it because you're clearly really good at it uh that's what i would really hope to see uh let's talk about the next question this is question number five uh, the the person asked, you sold 15.05 million Nintendo Switch hardware units last fiscal year, and you forecast sales of 20 million units this fiscal year, which ends in March 2019. Uh, the person wants to know, what is the basis of that estimate? I believe the stock market consensus is even higher than that. Uh, so if the demand is there, how much higher can sales go? In past comments, you've said to expect the Nintendo Switch to have a long life cycle. Looking at the sales date, do you think that likelihood has increased? Specifically, do you see lifetime shipments reaching 100 million units like the Wii did? All right. So again, I'm not going to read all of Mr. Kimishima's uh, answer, uh, but there's like three sections that I want to talk about real quick. Uh, the first one is talking about last year. Mr. Kimishima says, for the launch of the Nintendo Switch, we conducted a variety of activities aimed at Nintendo fans and avid game players who we thought could be interested in Nintendo Switch. And I would say it yielded good results. Okay, now first off, uh, I totally agree with what what's said there. I think that they did a great job uh, targeting the people who are, you know, the Nintendo loyalists, the people who love Nintendo stuff. They did a great job targeting those people. They also did a really good job targeting what what I hate to use this term, but what a lot of people would would term as hardcore gamers. OK, uh, they 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 targeted those people pretty well uh as well and it's kind of a weak sentence uh, but because they did such a, a great job with that they sold those 15.05 million switches in the first um in the first uh fiscal year 
which I think is a great job. Um, then he talks a little bit about the second year. He, he goes on to say, in this second year, the initiatives we are planning come from our recognition that we also have to challenge ourselves to delivering Nintendo Switch into the hands of consumers who have not played a Nintendo platform before and to those who have played before, but not recently. Uh, this sounds a lot more like the... I, I could be wrong about here, but I think it's like the Project Blue Ocean kind of mentality that Nintendo had back at the beginning of the Wii era, uh, where they were definitely targeting uh, people who, uh, for the Nintendo, uh, or I'm sorry, for uh, console, uh, they were targeting them for marketing, uh, the people who didn't mo normally play games. Uh, now, this could be read in another way. I mean, he says that uh, people who have played Nintendo before but not recently or people who'd never played Nintendo, he could, instead of, be ta instead of talking about uh, casuals, as I, I hate to use that term, but I'm sure that most of you know what I mean when I say that, uh, but instead of targeting casuals, he could be talking about people who used to use Nintendo stuff and have since switched over to, you know, other consoles like Xbox or PlayStation. So that sentence really could go two different directions. Uh, as far as how is, how is it that they're going to meet that goal of 20 million? Uh, he then goes on to say, the software lineup we have planned is meant to attract people, and this is very much related to what I was saying before, who have not been playing video games recently. We have reached a consensus across the entire organization, including our overseas subsidiaries, to work towards reaching this level. That number of 20 million units is not one that we will reach easily, but I believe we are primed to do it. Okay, so that makes it seem like Nintendo is hoping to target casuals this year. And that makes a lot of sense with the launch of Nintendo Labo this year. And it's not what a lot of people who are like me want to hear. Because when I look at how the Wii did, it sold a whole lot of hardware. And it sold a whole lot of software as well. But most of that software was not software that I personally was interested in. And my the, the Wii uh, that we ended up buying... For the most part, it ended up collecting a lot of dust because we just, you know, I, I was I ended up focusing more on my Xbox 360 at the time. Not that's not to say that Nintendo is making a bad decision here. And the fact that they are saying, look, we sold to the hardcore gamers already. We need to start bringing in the casuals. That's not to say that they're not also going to be be making video games that will also entice people like me who are into more traditional style video games. Uh, you know, just because they're, they're, uh, aiming at one thing doesn't mean they're not going to hit something else, uh, as well. Uh, so that's, that's how I feel about it. Um, he also went on to say something that I found was very interesting. <clears throat> Uh, he said, our company has a lot of experience with selling gaming systems, and we will actively incorporate everything that we have learned, including our failures into planning. Uh, changing environmental factors, including the activities of other companies, can impact the Nintendo Switch lifecycle. Okay, this is huge, because for the most part, Nintendo is a company that tends to bury their head in the sand and 
if you ask them, like, what did you think of the new Halo game? They would be like, oh, you know, I've never seen it or, you know, which is just nonsense. You know that these guys try out other games to see what 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 is going on out there. But for the most part, Nintendo has always kind of had this attitude of we keep our heads down and we just work on Nintendo stuff and we don't look at anything else that's happening in the in the industry. And I really like the fact that Mr. Kimishima is saying here, look, we are paying attention to what is happening in the industry. And I don't think for a second that they ever were not paying attention to it. But it's nice to hear them actually say it, because a lot of times people worry that that they're not paying attention to that stuff. Uh, He then goes on to say that... uh, Uh, The benchmark is not whether or not Nintendo Switch sales can surpass total Wii sales, but rather how we adapt and respond to changes in the market and continue to strive selling uh, Nintendo Switch as long as possible. So that's kind of a non-answer as to, you know, how long is the Nintendo Switch going to last? But, you know, for the most part, I think that it's a pretty good answer and, and I like it. So... Uh, the next uh, next thing is question number seven. Uh, they said, when the late Iwata took post as president, the prior president, Mr. Yamauchi, uh, was said to have claimed that the president of Nintendo needs to be a little unusual. So then they went on to ask, how is it that they, they asked Mr. Kimishima, how is it that Mr. Furukawa is a little bit unusual? And um, they also wanted to know what Mr. Furukawa Uh, What kind of company does he want Nintendo to become? And that's the second question right there that I want to focus on is what kind of Nintendo are we going to see under this new leadership from Mr. Furukawa? Uh, He said the one thing we must never forget when running Nintendo is that we are a company that makes entertainment products and playthings, not necessities. It is a business where our mere existence can be quickly forgotten if consumers stopped considering our products to be fun and interesting. No matter how the era uh, or the environment changes, the essence of our business will not change. It's a high-risk business, so there are going to be times when business is good, and times when business is bad, but I want to manage a company in a way that keeps us from shifting between joy and despair, which is really what Nintendo has been recently. I mean, when the, we had joy with the Wii. I mean, I didn't because I didn't wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, but then with the Wii U, it was despair. And I'm talking more about like um, the investors side of things. Uh, he then goes on to say, and this is the real answer that the that I'm, I'm that I want to read. He says, as for the question of what kind of company I want to make Nintendo, this is a company that continues to be an integrated hardware and software business in the world of dedicated video platforms. So they're saying, look, we are not a third party company. We are a first party company. We're going to continue to make hardware and our, we're going to use our software to push our hardware because Nintendo's excellent at making software. And they're pretty dang good at making hardware, too. And in fact, I would say, you know, if we ignore the the Wii and the Wii U, I would say Nintendo's hardware has always been some of my favorite stuff. Uh, and, and even the Wii U, um, which just didn't sell very well, it was a pretty great console and had a lot of good games on it. Uh, so I, I, I like his answer here. Uh, then we've got another question. It says... 
As Nintendo Switch enters its second year of sales, I expect the purchase demographics are changing. This is kind of what they were talking about before. Uh, but this one has a twist on it. It says, do you think that the Nintendo 3DS can coexist due to its differentiated price and features? Uh, you say you want to popularize Nintendo Switch to the point where every person has their own. So do you plan to capture the demand that is now directed at the 3DS? And uh, Mr. Kimishima answered this question. He says, given that Nintendo Switch is a home gaming system that can be taken on the go, uh, this situation may change uh, if it grows from being a one-per-household item to a one-per-person system. Uh, but the price of the Nintendo Switch is not something with which most parents would buy a system for every one of their children in a short period of time. Uh, so basically what he's saying here is that, look, the, when you got six kids uh, you're not going to buy six switches because they're 300 bucks a piece. Uh, whereas uh, a 3DS or, you know, even the 2DS, you know, the, the, the wedge kind, that's 89 bucks. Uh, and that's a much smaller ask for families who want to have a bunch of these. Um, so I, I totally get why they are still selling the 3DS. Um, he goes on to say, uh, we will continue to sell the 3DS as long as there is a demand for it. And I see the product coexisting with the Nintendo Switch at this point in time. Now, what games are going to come to the 3DS? You know, they have said in the past that they expect to uh, support the 3DS uh, past 2019, which is, to me, just bananas. That, that system is already seven years old. Uh, so that's that's just crazy. But... Uh, I don't think that we're going to be seeing very many new games for it. However, for families who are looking for something for their kids to play, you know, a 2DS is a hell of an investment because first off, it's cheap. Uh, secondly, it's durable as hell. Uh, and thirdly, the library of games for the DS line is absolutely bonkers. There are so many games out there already that even if Nintendo stops making very many games for the DS line, I really don't think anybody would notice. So what I expect to see from Nintendo uh, this year and in the future is um, every once in a while, they're going to make a game for the Switch that will also run on the 3DS, kind of like how uh, Captain Toad is coming to the Switch and the 3DS. And, you know, there's a possibility that they might make a, a game that's only coming to 3DS, kind of like we've got the new Luigi's Mansion, or not the new Luigi's Mansion, but Luigi's Mansion 1 uh, coming to the 3DS, but it's not coming to the Switch. But I think those are going to be few and far between. Um, let's see. Uh, N64 Josh says the 3DS is an awesome system, and I totally agree it really is an awesome system. I just don't want Nintendo spending a lot of resources uh, working with that system. Uh, so that's a very good point, uh, that it is an awesome system. And honestly, if you don't have a DS, or I'm sorry, a 3DS or a 2DS, um, there are so many amazing games on that system that it's definitely something that you should consider picking up. I have one. I haven't touched it since the Switch came out. But that's not to say 
that the mountain of games that I already have for it have not been played to hell and back because I've had so much fun playing on that system. I just wish it had HDMI out so that I could stream it. That's one of my main reasons for not for not playing it uh, and not picking up like the Metroid game that came out on it uh, this year or last year. I think it was at the end of last year. All right. Uh, next question was during the presentation, there was talk of dissatisfaction with the current scale of the smart device business. Can you give us any specific quantitative targets that would be satisfactory? Okay, I'm not going to read the whole question. Uh, so Mr. Kimishima says, uh, what are they planning on doing basically? Uh, the, the, the the question is basically, what are you guys planning on doing with the mobile market? Uh, Mr. Kimishima answers, um, we still want to release two or three titles a year in the smart device, device business. We have no intention of rapidly increasing this number each year. Uh, we want to release applications for smart devices that can be played for a long time. Now, when he says that, I'm not quite sure what he means. Does he mean that uh, I'm going to be using my device for a long time or that the game will stay on my device for a long time? Like that's that's the phrase that I'm not really sure about, because uh, right now I would say that the games that they have on smart device, you know, Super Mario Run, uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and Fire Emblem Heroes, those are games that people will leave on their devices for a very long time. But I don't think that they're games where that people will play for extended periods of time. And the idea of a company that wants to put out games on my phone that I will play for a long period of time that means in one sitting I think that that's a bad business move because this is my phone this is my my access to the outside world and I don't want to be running down my battery playing a game for a long period of time I would much rather pick up my phone do a quick move or two in whatever game it is that I'm playing and then put it away and go on and do something else um, that's why I like dedicated systems for video games, because like this is my portal to the outside world. This is how I use uh, Twitter. This is how I use Reddit. This is how I look at things on the Internet. This is how I get my news. This is how I talk to my wife and my kids. And, you know, I, I don't want to waste my battery playing a game when I could do that on, de on a dedicated device. So I, I'm pretty sure that what Mr. Kimishima means here is that they're looking at, they want to have games that people will leave on their devices for a very long time. And I think that that's a great, a great idea. Um, he then goes on to say, when I lost my place here, uh, played for a long time. Uh, and if we can increase those kinds of titles, the kinds that will be on your device for a long time, then we can build a lineup of titles that consumers will truly enjoy. Right now, there really aren't very many titles yet. And, you know, I, I agree with Mr. Kimishima. Uh, so I didn't read through everything. There was a lot of stuff. There were, um, oh gosh, I think I did like six or seven questions and there were 13. So I only did like half of them. Uh, if you look at the link in the show notes, you'll see the entire Q&A, which is like eight pages long. Uh, so I, I suggest you guys check out the link in the show notes. Frogger, Sega's arcade game, now a home video game from Parker Brothers, the ones to beat. So Death Road to Canada was actually supposed to come out on April 25th. However, because of 
that horrible person, you know, there was that tragedy that happened in Toronto. The development team decided that they they thought it might be better if uh, they delayed the launch of the game, which is, you know, it's a good move. Um, it's it's really, you know, what happened is terrible. And to have a to have a video game called Death Road to Canada uh, come out the day after that stuff. Uh, that that would just have been really really in poor taste, and I'm glad that they that they uh, pushed the release date. But now we have the new release date. Uh, the new release date is on May 8th, uh, so that is in five days from now when I'm recording this. And uh, I think that that's good that they are doing that. Um, I, you know, I don't know much about Death Road to Canada. I think it was one of the games that came out in the. Um, in the, oh my god, I can never remember what Nintendo calls these things. The Nindy Roundup. That it's kind of it was kind of like a Nintendo Direct, but it, they didn't call it a Nintendo Direct. They called it a Nindy Roundup, and I think it was one of those games. Speaking of the Nindy Roundup, there was a game that uh, was recently uh, Nintendo just put out. Nintendo has an official podcast called Nintendo Power Podcast. And, um, that I'm trying to find somebody had said it was, um, it was a super Nintendo ad came into chat, like right as I was starting the show. And he said, did you see that we've got a release date for that game? And I'm trying to find what he said. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and I can't find it. Where is it? Well, I can't find the name of it, but it was this, uh, it was this game that was kind of like a bullet hell shooter based on music, and it's got a bunch of different uh, musicians had submitted music to it. I think it's called just Beats and Stuff or something like that. But it got a review date and I or a release date, and I can't find, I can't find the. Oh wait, wait, there's Super Nintendo. Ed. Here we go. Uh, he says, "Did you just see? Did you see just sounds and shapes?" Okay, I got the name wrong. Got a release date of May thirty first. It was announced on the Nintendo Power podcast that just went live an hour ago. So there you go. Um, I'll edit out that silence where I was uh, reading, trying to find it in chat. Uh, but thank you to Super Nintendo for letting me know about that. Shapes and beats—that's the name of it. Shapes and beats. Beats and stuff is what is what I'm going to call it from now on. Have you experienced the awesome power of the Panasonic Real 3DO system? Looks like uh, people who picked up FIFA 18 for the Nintendo Switch are going to get a free update to the game. The uh, update is called FIFA World Cup uh, Russia 2018, and it will be available for download May 29th. Now, I don't know much about this game. I'm not I'm not really a sports fan, and of all the sports that I would be a fan of, soccer, is, you know, I'm an American, and soccer is very, not very popular here, so I'm really on the outs with uh, FIFA. I don't know much about it, but I do have a question for you guys. Those of you who um, have picked up FIFA 18 for the Nintendo Switch, originally, I believe that you couldn't play with your friends. And I'm curious if that is still the case, because if that's still the case, I honestly can't see how anybody would bother uh, holding on to FIFA 18 unless they just wanted to play against randos all the time. Like that would drive me crazy. Anyway, uh, I think it's cool that EA is doing free content update to the Nintendo Switch. I think that that's great, but I think what would be better 
is if they patched it so that you could play with your friends. Uh, that's that's how I feel anyway. Joel Mead, 24 in chat, says, yes, that is still the case that you can't play with your friends. Game is no bueno. And so that means not good for those of you that don't speak Spanish. Uh, yeah, not good. That's That's just terrible. The fact that you can't play with your friends is bad. So... I bet you that if you asked all of the people, like maybe if you, you know, if you started FIFA 18 and uh, had a little pop up and it said, which would you rather have FIFA World Cup or the ability to play with your friends? I think 90 percent of the players would tick the box that says I would much rather play with my friends than have FIFA World Cup. I mean, it'd be great if they did both. You know, Rocket League allows me to play car soccer with my friends. Why can't EA, a giant corporation with buckets of money, like they just got money coming out of every orifice that they have, every single one, like they probably pull some out of their eyelids too. Uh, they have so much money. They can afford to sit down and make it so that you can play with your friends. The, the idea that... A tiny team like Psionics can do that for Rocket League, but um, EA can't do that for FIFA. That's just bananas. So it's great that the people are get, uh, who bought that game are getting a free update, but still, I can't recommend a game that won't let you play with your friends. That's just dumb. What's it like? to play the Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay, two quick stories, and then we're going to wrap things up here. Number one, uh, you can now use your Nintendo Switch Pro Controller on Steam, which is really cool. I don't know if you guys are aware, but one of my favorite controllers of all time is the Steam Controller. And while part of it is because of the cool haptics and the cool trackpads, uh, another big part of it is because of the configuration. Like, you can do anything that you want with that thing. It's so cool. Why is it awesome that, it, that you can now use the Nintendo Switch Controller on Steam? Well, because Nintendo Switch has... Um, my brain stopped working for a second. It has something gyro. There we go. I couldn't remember. It has gyro. And because it has gyro, that means that you can use it for motion aiming in games and it still will feel like a traditional controller. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't like about the Steam controller well, actually, there's two things that a lot of people don't like about the Steam Controller. A lot of people don't like the fact that they don't have real sticks. Uh, and if you've never seen a Steam Controller, um, well, I'm not going to go grab one because if, just Google Steam Controller. Um, but the Steam Controller, instead of having two sticks, they have one stick and uh, there's no D-pad and it's got two big uh, trackpads like you would find on a computer and uh, you slide your thumb around on them in order to use them and they're, they're actually really awesome and it's one of my favorite control methods um, another thing that people don't like is the buttons the face buttons are very very small and uh, I very much prefer the big flat buttons of the Nintendo Switch Pro controller um, but the thing that I love the most is the motion control of the Steam controller and being able to use a more traditional controller with that motion control on um, on Steam. I think that's going to be really good for people like me who prefer using controllers to mouse and keyboard uh, because a lot of the stuff that you can still do with the Steam controller, you can now do it with the Switch controller because all of that 
stuff that you do uh, to customize the way that you interact with your game. All that stuff you end up doing, you do in the Steam software. So any controller can work the right way as long as they build in the support. So now that is built in, and I think that that is awesome. Uh, lastly, uh, Pinball FX3 update version 1.0.2 just went live. Uh, so this is, I haven't downloaded it yet, so I don't know, but this was posted to. Uh, Reddit and people are saying that according to Reddit, of course, uh, they're saying that that means higher resolution and higher frame rate is now available. And if you missed yesterday's bonus episode, uh, I recently interviewed Mel Kirk uh, from Zen Studios and we talked at the beginning, we talked a little bit about um, Pinball FX3 and what they were doing to work on it. Uh, they then uh, we then ended up talking about their new game, which is coming out called Disco Dodgeball. Uh, so I think that those are two interesting stories, and we'll just lightning round them. I'm a number one. All right, before we get out of here, I want to thank uh, JOM535 for the five star review on Apple Podcast UK. Uh, they said, Great podcast. I recently bought a Switch, and this is a great source of news and views on all things Nintendo. So, big thank you to JOM535. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, reviewing the show on Apple Podcast really does bring in a lot more people, it makes the podcast more visible. And people are much more likely to click it and check it out. So big thank you for that. Uh, if you review the show, I will read it on the show. Uh, it, thank you to everyone for being here while I record the show. If you didn't know, the show is usually a great deal longer. Well, not a great deal, but a good deal longer um, on the live version than the, what I edit down. Uh, in audacity for the audio version uh, if you're missing out if you feel like you're missing out on stuff then make sure that you head on over to twitch.tv slash run jump stomp give me a follow over there and that way you'll be notified when i go live if you can't watch live because uh, 3 p.m u.s eastern is not a good time for you then you can always watch the uh, video afterwards on the um on the YouTubes. So head over to youtube.com slash run jump stomp and you'll see a bunch of my stuff over there. It's not just these videos, but also, um, you know, my interviews, my reviews of games, all that stuff is going to be over there. Uh, finally, if you're looking for ways to support the content, this content like this that you're listening to right now, please head over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. There's lots of links there for ways that you can help out. Uh, you can join the Patreon. You can subscribe via Twitch. And if you're if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can do that subscribing via Twitch for free just by linking your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. And it will give you Twitch Prime. You'll get free video games for the computer, not for Switch, unfortunately. You'll get free video games every month. And you'll also be able to subscribe to the uh, Twitch streamer of your choice. Hopefully you'll choose me uh, because it really does help out. Uh, all the links there that you find over at runjumpstomp.com slash thank you directly support the stream like my wife's Etsy page. Anyway, I'm done selling out. I got stuff to do. You have stuff to do. Thank you guys to your, for your support. And the show just would not be the same if it weren't for chat. 
So let's go ahead and thank the chatters. We've got Kodiak Moonwolf, Vaxer was here, Cog Whistle, Airslia, uh, Joel Mead 24, Link 31 252, Morgan 13, N64, Josh, Rezd TV, Slow Cool, TF Wagner, and Super Nintendad. Uh, and of course, the Lurkers. Thank you guys for hanging out with me while I record the show. It really does make it more enjoyable for me. Uh, I will see you guys on Thursday, or no, today is Thursday. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. I have to go to a an educational educational conference on Saturday, so there won't be a live show Saturday. But tomorrow, I am interviewing uh, Jules Watson of Atui. He's uh, they're the guys that made uh, Zeo Drifter, Totes the Goat, um, Chicken Wiggle. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing him tomorrow. Uh, it won't be a live interview or anything, but that will be the episode that comes out on Saturday. So if you were hoping to come to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp and catch a live show on Saturday, I'm going to be at a conference, so I can't. But Saturday, I will drop that episode that I am recording tomorrow with Jules Watson. And hopefully I didn't butcher his name too badly. Anyway, I'm out of here. You guys have a great one, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.